following message is from the 2020 Leader Summit in Louisville, Kentucky. For more information on Harbor Network, please visit www.harbornetwork.com. One of our core values as a network is renewal-driven ministry. And I'm excited for a few stories and a few witnesses later on about how that's working out in local contexts throughout our network. But when we talk about renewal-driven ministry here, we're, we're talking about the power for ministry, not how much money we have, not how much cultural uh, power we have, not the size of our church, not the denominational backing. We are driven by a deeper dynamic. We're driven by a deeper frame. We are, are aiming for our churches to be driven by the renewing presence of God. It's that Psalm 20, where some, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in human resources, but we're committed as a network to trust in the renewing presence of, of God. The renewing power of God, the renewing presence of God goes deeper than the charisma of any lead pastor the strategy of a church, the hype of a ministry season, right? There's always that pastor, and you know what I'm talking about. There's always that pastor right down the street who seems to be able to stir and energize and bring more hype to what you're doing than you'd ever be able to do. And you're always wondering, what am I doing wrong? What am I not tapping into? What am I missing? And it forces us, it leads us oftentimes to overcompensate, to overwork, to extend past our limitations, but renewal-driven ministry leads us to embrace our limitations. One, because they're from God. And two, it keeps us going for a long time. And it leads us to pray and to press our people in ways that assumes God will actually extend past our limitations. Because that's what he does. He, he does more than we can even think or ask. It means that we lead in ways that press into renewal dynamics. We, we press our people into the experience and the encountering of the holiness of God, that Isaiah 6 dynamic, that overlap of the holiness of God and the sinfulness of his people, where we experience God as holy, 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 so holy that the angels have to cover their eyes. Woe is me. But like the angel that came and cleansed the lips of Isaiah, Christ came and cleansed us from our sin. And so now we live and minister as those who are in Christ. We're free. We're justified in Christ. We no longer have to prove ourselves. Ministry is no longer the place to prove ourselves, but to die to ourselves since it's Christ who lives in me, right? We, we, we are justified in Christ and we have an inheritance in Christ, right? We have riches and a wealth in Christ that the world cannot take away from us. We have resources that no denomination can provide for us. We have, we have riches that no, no fundraiser, no fundraiser dinner can give to us. We say in our church, what is true of Christ is true of me. What belongs to Christ belongs to me. I have a kind of dignity and worth and wealth that the world cannot take away. That means being in Christ means that you can, you may lose your job, you may lose your reputation, you may lose your money, your friendship, and your family. And even so, 
your future is as bright as the glorified Christ in heaven. That's, that's amazing. And we're, we're indwelled by his spirit. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, that our body is wasting away. Nevertheless, there is an inner renewal. There is an empowering, a shaping, a transforming, a glorifying even within us. That same spirit that, that drove Christ into the wilderness and empowered him for ministry and empowered him for obedience is in us. That's at work in us, which means we have a kind of spiritual authority. We ought to be telling our people and pressing our people into that spiritual authority. We are a kingdom of priests. We are not simply at the mercy of this world because Christ has overcome this world and filled us with his spirit, which means that you and I as Christians have more spiritual authority than the world, the flesh, and the devil. We have more spiritual authority than the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we ought to be ministering as if that's true. These are powerful truths and dynamics. They fuel our mission more powerfully than any other human resources. Chariots and horses cannot fuel our ministry if we're going to last as a network. If these spiritual renewal dynamics are what fuel us, then we can go into difficult contexts and minister for a long time knowing that success and numbers do not justify us. We can go into context and work against racism and structural discrimination even when it costs us cultural capital. We can work to end abortion in our cities even when the media calls us bigots. We can work on behalf of the poor and marginalized, even when it doesn't win us any praise. We can labor in evangelism knowing that our witness may cost us our reputation. In fact, personal renewal, when it impacts us personally, when we know these truths personally, it leads to corporate renewal. And corporate renewal leads to city renewal and neighbor renewal and structural and systemic renewals. I mean, this isn't overly complicated. We, we know as a network that we cannot create and conjure up spiritual renewal. We cannot manipulate circumstances that cause revival. We can only put ourselves in the way of it, right? Through ordinary practices, we can put ourselves in the way of renewal. Through ordinary practices like prayer and communion, personal and corporate prayer and communion, the, the spiritual disciplines and practicing them cor corporately, of corporate worship, the Lord's Supper, preaching and teaching and the singing of God's word, the ordinary Christian fellowship and community of spiritual friendship, of Sabbath keeping. These are the ordinary things that keep us in the way of experiencing God's power. I grew up watching my dad paint. He's an artist. He's been a painter for 40 years. That's what he did for his vocation. It's how, he, it's how he supported his family, which I didn't know how amazing that was until I became a pastor of a church full of artists trying to do the same thing. It was so hard. And he was so amazing. He is amazing still. And I remember inviting a few friends into his studio. I, I, I just wanted them to see how amazing he was. And we were catching him right as he was beginning a painting so he was just sketching it out. He had just these neutral tones. 
He was just starting this broad strokes of just getting the main objects, just, just, just getting the tones, the lights and the darks, no detail, just broad strokes. It was messy, it felt chaotic. No, no, no detail, no beauty yet. And I was getting anxious because this was taking a while and it, it wasn't pretty yet. It was a mess actually, it wasn't impressive. So I wanted, I wanted him to hurry, hurry up dad, Paint something impressive. Paint something beautiful. I want them to know that you're great. But if you were to look at my dad, he wasn't anxious. He knew where this was going. He's done this enough. He knew how to make something beautiful, and he was not anxious. The renewal-driven ministry is a ministry that looks less at human resources and strength for its power. But we continually look at and commune with Christ, who is not anxious. He isn't anxious. Renewal-driven ministry is an invitation to participate in God's non-anxious work of renewing the world. Renewal-driven ministry is this invitation to participate in God's non-anxious work of renewing the world. I love this about our network. One of the main reasons why I'm part of it.